Well, I have some positive news for you this morning to start off. Last week, we looked at the verses about God giving dreams to old men. I made a very bold statement that I never have dreams. I don't ever remember my dreams. And I was extremely worried that God was going to humble me this week and make me remember every single dream I had. I am happy to report that I don't remember a single dream I had this entire week. And so I know that means God has me firmly planted in the young man category. All right? I'm happy about that. Now, if you weren't here last week and you're wondering what is he talking about, just go check out the replay on YouTube. It'll all make sense. All right, so welcome. We are in week three of our seven-week Foundational Truth series. So as a reminder, or if you weren't here for any of these yet, I felt the Lord put seven different topics on my heart that we were to study in order to set a foundation for Bethel as we move ahead into this new season. Now, I have to tell you, I don't know about you, but I am so excited Because I believe we have already started to see some momentum building in this place. We've started to see some amazing things take place. I have been blown away by the incredible presence of God. I've been blown away by how everybody has just been pressing into this thing. And I believe we're only just barely beginning to scratch the surface of what God wants to do in this place. So make sure this week you let someone know that God is up to something amazing at Bethel and they need to get here to check it out. So the last two weeks, we have looked at a couple of different topics. We looked at truth, and then we looked at the power of God. So we saw that the Bible is the standard of truth because it is the revelation of Christ himself. So through his word, we can know truth, and we can be led to experience Christ who is truth in the flesh. Knowing Christ and knowing his truth brings us into freedom in our lives to be everything that Christ created us to be, And it sets the foundation for all that God wants to do, right? Truth is the foundation to it all. The word of God, Jesus, that is the foundation to everything that we are called to be. Then last week, we looked at the power of the Holy Spirit. We saw that God's intentions are that we as his people and we as the church would walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. The gospel message consists both of the proclamation of truth and the demonstration of God's power. It is both of those things. And so we saw that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 was to give power to the disciples and to all of us to boldly proclaim truth and also to walk in the supernatural giftings of the Holy Spirit. And those giftings are for all who have accepted Christ. Men and women, young and old, doesn't matter what race, It is for each and every one of us. It is for all who name Jesus as Lord. So God's desire is to empower us to move in the power of the Spirit with the ultimate objective that is people proclaiming his truth and operating in his power would lead men and women to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. And so we said that God's power is never given for self-promotion. It's always given for kingdom advancement. He's empowering us to boldly proclaim his truth and to operate in the gifts of the Spirit so that men and women will see it, they'll hear it, and they'll call on the name of the Lord to be saved. So now let's build on that today. That power that is operating in our lives flows from the Holy Spirit who is present in our lives and lives in us. 
So think of it like this. You could have an extension cord that's sitting at your home. In and of itself, if it's just sitting there, it doesn't have any power. There's no electricity running through it. However, if you take that electric cord and you plug it into the wall outlet, into the power source, that electricity will become present in the cord and that cord will serve as a conduit for that power, that electricity to flow. Our lives are similar. The power of God operating in our lives comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. In and of ourselves, we know that we do not have power. We don't have any power outside of God. We're like that electrical cord that's not plugged into the wall. But when we get connected to God, when we get connected to that power source and the Holy Spirit is present in our lives, so too is his power in our lives. And we get to be the conduit for God's power to flow. That's pretty awesome. I think that's amazing. This leads us to the third foundational truth that we're putting in place here. It's the presence of God. The presence of the Holy Spirit. Today we're going to talk about the presence. So we must know truth. We, must, we need God's power. And that power comes through a people who learn to live in and host the presence of God in our lives. Now you may or may not have ever heard it sort of put in that way, hosting the presence. Hosting the presence. So what does it mean to host God's presence? Well, we know that God is present everywhere. The word to describe that is omnipresent. Omna is a Latin term. It means all. So it means he's all present. It means that God is capable of being and is everywhere at the same time. His divine presence encompasses the entire universe. He is transcendent, so he's not in the fabric of the universe. In other words, God is not in a rock. So don't go talk to a rock and say that you're talking to God. He is not in the fabric of the universe. He is transcendent, but he fills and he is present throughout all of it. He fills this massive universe that is beyond comprehension in size and scale. He is everywhere, but his intentions were never just to be around humanity or for humanity to simply view him as this distant God who sits in this far-off place called heaven He wants to be known by humanity. He wants to be known by his creation. He desires a true relationship and for his people to live in his very presence. His intentions from the very beginning were to be present with his creation. And so when we talk about hosting the presence of God, what we mean is we must learn to live with an awareness of his desire to be present in our lives. We must make room for his presence to be part of our lives, and we must pursue his presence in our lives. As it tells us in James 4.8, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. We pursue his presence in our lives, not just one time at salvation, not just once a week on a Sunday, not even just once a day when we're going through our devotional time. What we are called to do as his people is to learn to live in his presence, to learn how to host the very presence of God throughout the entire day. And so today we're going to study two aspects of God's presence in our lives. And we'll consider first our lives as individuals, and then we'll consider the church as a whole. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 6.
1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. These scriptures teach that we as individuals, each one of us, are temples, meaning we are a hosting place for the presence of God. So in these verses, the Apostle Paul teaches that when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, our lives become a temple, a building where the Holy Spirit actually resides. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in our lives. So last week we talked about how salvation is not merely a decision we make to follow Christ. Some people think, well, I just decided to follow Christ and I guess I'll just continue to decide to follow Christ. No, it's more than that. It starts with the decision, but when we make that decision and we put our faith in him, a supernatural work from heaven takes place whereby the Holy Spirit comes to us. He takes up residence inside of us. He puts the old nature to death and we receive the very nature of Christ. That's amazing. Salvation is amazing because you go from being into the darkness and you get brought into the light. You go to where you literally have a dead nature inside of you. And in that moment, God brings you to life. The Holy Spirit takes up residence inside of us. God himself has filled us with his presence. A fundamental truth of Christianity is that we are made to live in God's presence. We are made to live in his very presence. God is not merely a doctrine or a belief system that we ascribe to. In other words, we are not called to read our Bibles and to pray and to attend church in order to fulfill some sort of religious obligation. God is a person. He's a person and he's one whom we can know. So when we read our Bibles, when we pray, when we worship, when we attend church, it's because we want to know him. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago that the truth of God's word is to lead us to him so we can know him more and we can learn to live in his presence in a deeper way, to live in his presence. See, God created Adam and Eve, and it says in Genesis that God would walk with them in the cool of the garden. Now, what exactly that looked like, you can see different scholars that sort of argue it different ways, whatever it actually means. But the main point is this. They had an intimate, close relationship with God, and they lived in his very presence, and they were in his presence in such a powerful way that it was described as walking right beside them. They walked in the very presence of God. So we know what happened, right? Adam and Eve, they messed up. They messed up bad. Before we get too mad at them, realize that we would have done the same. Anybody here thinks they wouldn't have done the same? <laughs> Probably not. I think we all know. We would have all done the same. We would have all messed up. It may have looked a little bit differently, but we would have all messed up. But they sinned, they disobeyed God, and that close, intimate relationship was severed. But what's so amazing is that God already had his plan in place that Christ would die to redeem and restore, to bring us back to that exact same close and intimate relationship with him. Christ is called the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, meaning the Godhead went forward with creating humanity, knowing that to do so would ultimately cost Christ coming and dying for our sins. I want you to recognize that this morning, right? God wasn't caught off guard. 
It didn't surprise him when Adam and Eve sinned. It didn't surprise him. And then he was like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Well, I guess, Jesus, you're going to have to go. No, he knew, they knew from eternity past that by creating humanity, it would cost Christ coming to this earth. And yet they still moved forward with that because their desire to know humanity and love humanity was so great. See, if you struggle with the thought that your life isn't valuable, realize this morning that God loved you so much and considered your life so valuable and desires you to live in his presence even at the very cost of his son. You are one expensive piece of real estate. You are expensive because you cost the life of Christ to redeem, and so did I. But that's our value, and that is our worth. That's what God says about you, about your value and your worth. He did this so that you could live in his very presence, now on this earth and then forever in the new heaven and the new earth, in a reality that our minds can scarcely comprehend. And because Christ is a redeemer and he restores, this is really awesome here, he actually took that relationship to another level because he said, now I've redeemed and restored, so now not only can you walk closely with me in the exact same way that Adam and Eve did, I'm going to go a step farther and I'm going to put my Holy Spirit directly inside of you. So we actually have a reality that's even greater than what Adam and Eve ever had Because God has now taken up residence inside of us. His presence lives in us. This is what hosting the presence of Christ is in our lives. It's pressing into knowing him more and living with that awareness that he is always with us. Every moment of every day. 1 Thessalonians 5 says to pray without ceasing. To pray continually. I'll just take that as an amen from the computer. Hallelujah. Yes. The computer testifies that we're to pray continually. I like it. I like it a lot. We are called to pray continually, to continually have interaction with Christ, coming into his presence to talk with him. Living in the presence of God was never meant to be boiled down to a simple devotional and prayer time once a day. Those are very good things. Very good things, things that should be part of our life. There are great things in a great way to begin to press into knowing God and beginning to live aware of his presence. But if we simply complete those things and then sort of put God up on the shelf for the rest of the day, then we've missed the point of all of this and we've missed the desire that he has for us. We don't want to enter into his presence once a day and then be like, all right, God, I'm good. I got this. You just go back up on the shelf until tomorrow and I go about my day. No, he wants to commune with us all day long. He wants us to learn how to host his presence in our lives where we live with an awareness of him and we walk through our day with him. Our lives can be forever changed when we learn to be aware of and sensitive to his presence throughout the day not just in devotional times, not just in church services or prayer services. So how can we host the presence of God? Well, how do you host anyone in your life? Think of maybe somebody coming over to your house. First, you would invite them in, and then you would spend time with them. You would talk with them. Perhaps you would do something that you both enjoy together. What you wouldn't do is you wouldn't invite them in And then simply ignore them, go to the other room, turn on the TV, and say, enjoy yourself over there. I'm watching some TV. 
You wouldn't do things that intentionally make them angry. You wouldn't do those sorts of things. You wouldn't do things that you know they dislike. Hosting the presence of God means we are deliberate in our relationship with him. Deliberate. That's a really important word when you think about your Christian walk, being deliberate in what we do. It means we're deliberate in our relationship with him. We invite him in, and then we learn to live life with him. We don't ignore God throughout the day, but we learn to commune with him. It's a powerful thing when we learn to host the presence of God. First of all, because this is what we were created for. We were created to live in his presence. And it helps us to live aware that we are never alone. When we cultivate that deep personal relationship with God, then it no longer feels like we're praying to a God who is in some distant place called heaven, but rather it feels like we can speak to the God who walks beside us as our best friend. We speak to the God who is present right there beside us. God wants to do life with you. That's what hosting the presence is. It's recognizing that he wants to do life with you. See, you may be facing some sort of great difficulty. You can know that he is there with you to help you figure it out. You can be at your job and you may be struggling to figure something out or something's not working. He wants you to know that he is right there with you to help you figure that thing out and to help you solve that problem. If you're in school and you're struggling with a certain subject or a problem, he wants you to know that he's with you to help you walk through those things and do the best that you can possibly do. He's there to help us figure it out. You may be facing a big life decision. He is there to help lead and guide you through it according to his purposes, which are always best for you. If you find yourself in a situation where you're struggling with a temptation to fall into a sinful pattern, remember he's not a God who's distant. He's a God who's right there to strengthen you and to help you walk away from that sinful thing. It could be that your children are having one of those days where they could argue over the color of the sky and you feel like you're about to lose your mind. Ask me how I know. God wants you to know that he is right there with you to give you peace and to give you wisdom and that you're not parenting those children alone. If you're facing a difficult time in your marriage and there's a struggle there, he wants you to know that he is right there in the midst of it to help bring peace and resolution and healing so that your marriage can be everything you want it to be. Or maybe you're celebrating something amazing that has happened. He wants you to know that he's right there with you celebrating as well. I don't think we think about that aspect of Jesus enough, that he is a God full of joy, one who wants to celebrate with us during those good times. He's right there with us during those times. Or maybe you're out and somebody needs prayer, or you have an opportunity to minister to somebody, a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a stranger, He wants you to know that he's present right there beside you as you act as his very hands and feet. We can live in his presence and have a true relationship with him where our faith isn't just going through religious motions, but we can talk with him and we can hear his voice leading and guiding us no matter what we face over the course of a day. We're made to hear his voice. We are made to hear his voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. All of us can hear him speak. All of us. 
Now, that doesn't mean you need to hear an audible voice for God to be speaking to you. God speaks to us in so many different ways. He'll speak to you through your word. I can't tell you the number of times, and you've probably experienced this as well, you're going through something, you need an answer, and you open up the Bible and start reading, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I never saw that before. That's exactly what I needed. He'll speak to you through his word. He'll speak to you through impressions in your heart. He'll speak to you through your dreams, unless you're a young man like me, then he doesn't speak to you that way. (laughs) But if you're an old man, he'll speak to you through dreams. You don't have dreams, do you, Pastor Kevin? I don't think you have dreams yet. Another 20 or 30 years, then maybe you'll have a dream. He'll speak to you at times through other trusted believers. He'll use the body of Christ to speak to our hearts. He'll place thoughts inside of our heads. He'll put wisdom and knowledge into our minds that just a minute ago wasn't there. Did anybody testify about that? I can't tell you how many times I've been at work even and just dealing with something and I'm just like, man, what do we do with this and how's this need to go? And like, you just press into God and all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and it all works out. It's amazing. They think it's that because we're that good, but it's really just because he's that good. We get a lot of credit for what God does for us. I'm telling you, we really do. He wants you to learn to live in his presence and to hear his voice. All right, so how can we hear better when the Lord is speaking to us? The first thing is awareness. Awareness. We should live with an awareness that he wants to speak to us. See, you can be in a room with someone, and they can be trying to talk to you, and if you aren't aware of it or you aren't paying attention as well as you should be, you may completely miss out on what they're saying. I'm not going to look at my wife in this moment. I'm just going to come over here. Not that I would ever do that. Do I do that sometimes? I do that. If you're not aware that he's speaking or they're speaking to you, you can be right beside someone and they can be speaking to you and you're not even aware of it. Are we aware of God's presence in our lives? Second, it's proximity. Are we close to the Lord? See, if I'm at home and Sarah's speaking to me and we are in the same room, assuming I'm aware of it, it's no problem. I can hear her. But if we're at home and I'm down in the basement and she's up on the second floor and she's calling out to me, I may not hear her very clearly. And yet, if I want to hear her more clearly, all I need to do is get a little bit closer to her. And the closer I get to her, the easier it is to hear her. It's the same with God. The closer you get to him, the easier it is to hear when he's speaking to you. See, this is how Christ lived. This is how he lived. Christ stated that he only did what he saw the Father do. He was in such close communion with the Father that everything he did could be led of him. Man, what if we lived the same way? What if we lived the same way? God's intentions have always been to walk in close relationship with his creation. We are his temples hosting his presence. And he desires for us to live in communion with him and live our lives in his very presence. This is powerful, and if it's grasped, it will change a person's life forever. Learning to host his presence and to live with a deep awareness of it will make a massive impact on how we live because we'll no longer feel like we need to cry out to a distant God in heaven, but rather we listen for a present God who wants to whisper in our ear. 
We host his presence in our lives. There's another aspect to dig into as well, and that is for the corporate body. As a corporate body, we are also called to host the presence of God. If you want to flip over to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2, we'll read verses 19 to 22. It says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself, where we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of his dwell, this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So there's some amazing truth in these scriptures around the body of Christ. In a few weeks as part of this series, we are going to discuss the body of Christ and fellowship and the importance of the body. But the main point for today is that we, as the body of Christ, all of us are being joined together, becoming a holy temple where God lives by his spirit. So we saw that we as individuals are temples of the Holy Spirit, but this verse also teaches that the church, the body of Christ, is also a temple of God's Spirit and His presence. These verses reveal God's intentions that His presence would reside amongst the people who comprise His church. And it describes that Christ was the cornerstone. There was a foundation that was set by the early church and the apostles and the prophets. And then it says, we now are all becoming part of that dwelling. We are all being put together as part of that beautiful building where God lives by his spirit. We are all part of the temple where God lives. His presence is present in the church. Now, this idea ties back to the temple of the old covenant. So in the Old Covenant times, you had the temple where the Ark of the Covenant resided. And the Ark of the Covenant was the resting place of God's presence in the Old Covenant. And it was housed in the temple in a room called the Most Holy Place, or the Holy of Holies. And Israel would come, and they would gather together at the temple. And it was a place of worship, meaning Israel gathered around the presence of God, and they worshiped him. The corporate gathering during those times was centered around God's presence and lifting up worship. The corporate gathering was about coming to his presence and lifting up worship. We now as the church also gather together, not just for fun, not just because it's what we're supposed to do, but we gather together around the presence of God and we are called to lift up worship to him. But the difference now is his presence isn't confined to one room in a building. We as individuals and we as the church are now the building where his presence resides. And he is building us as his body, us together in this room, us as Bethel, as a temple whereby his spirit dwells. See, we can be assured that when we gather together in this place, his spirit is here. His presence is is here. The real question is, are we aware of it and are we pressing into it? We aren't going to church on a Sunday morning just to perform a religious duty. We are here gathered together to enter into the manifested presence of God. His presence, 
The Israelites gathered around his presence and they gathered to worship. We gather together in his presence and we worship him. Being in his presence should lead us to extravagant expressions of worship. Actually, if the worship team wants to come on up. Revelation chapter four, verses eight to 11. It says, each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. So we know in the book of Revelation, John was able to see into heaven and he sees the very throne of God and he gets this incredible picture of the worship taking place. And he says that day and night, they praised God. They offered praise to him. They declared his holiness. You see the elders falling down in worship to God's presence over and over and over again. And the question that always comes to my mind is what did they see that they just can't stop worshiping? What do they see that they just can't stop worshiping? Every time they look upon the Lord, they fall down in worship. How awesome it must be to be in God's presence in this way. And they praise him over and over and over again. And yet the challenge for us as a people who are called to live by faith and not by sight is to recognize that that same presence of God is right here. Though we may not see him with our physical eyes just yet, if we would open our spiritual eyes, we would recognize that the very presence of God is right here in this room when we come together. That heaven is not distant when we come together and enter in because where God's presence is, so is heaven. And there is no distinction as we enter in and heaven and earth literally become one. We live under an open heaven and he's inviting us into his presence in deeper and deeper ways. He's calling us to come up higher. He's calling us to come in deeper. He's saying there is more for you today. Let me encourage us as a church body to be extravagant worshipers of Jesus. Here's the thing. If someone from outside the church, maybe someone who doesn't even believe, came into this building and they saw how we worship, would it convince them that we truly believe that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords and that he is the eternal God worthy of all praise and that his presence is here amongst us? Would the way we worship convince them of what we believe? Would they come in here and see a people who are just so extravagantly worshiping that they would need to say, there must be something to this? I wanna encourage us as a body to be extravagant worshipers of Jesus. Now, I don't say that to offend anybody or make anybody feel totally uncomfortable because I totally get it. Some people are simply more expressive during worship. What I'm not saying is that every one of us need to be out in the aisles dancing in worship. I'm not saying that, I promise. 
You don't want to see me trying to dance in the eyes. It would be an ugly, ugly thing. So I'm not saying that. But what I am encouraging all of us, myself included, is to become even more aware of his presence amongst us and to press into that presence and maybe, just maybe, step a little bit more out of your comfort zone and press in a little bit further each and every time. It's no ordinary thing when we gather. It's coming into the presence of the Almighty God for his church. And I just want to encourage you to step out into it to press into it. As we move forward as a church body, we want to host the presence of God. The church is called to be a place where we host his presence, where we gather together to meet with him. We should have this great desire that Bethel become a place that when somebody steps into this building, they sense the very presence of God. The moment they step into this parking lot, they should feel the presence of God. And as they come closer and closer, they should sense the very power and presence of Almighty God thick in this room. We should be a church that just hosts His presence. Where we don't have to come in and just like be like feeling like we're begging God to come, but we come and He's already here because we've made it a safe place for Him. We've made it a holy place for Him. Let's just host his presence at this church. A church hosting the presence of God is one where the power of God would be present. This should excite us. This should really excite us because when we come together, you never know what God is going to do on a Sunday morning. Come on, I want you to be excited in the days to come because you never know what God is going to do on a Sunday morning in this place. We're not going to come in here and just sing a couple songs, you know, go through the motions and go about our day. We are going to come in here and just go, man, I don't know what God's going to do today, but I bet you it's going to be something amazing. I want you to be encouraged when we come into this place. See, healing comes through the presence of God. And I'm telling you, I declare this morning in the days to come, we are going to see healing that takes place in this church that is going to resound through this community. And there are going to be people coming to this church because they hear that God is here and he can touch them. There's going to be healing that takes place. Blind eyes open, deaf ears open. The lame are going to walk because it's the presence of God that's going to reside in this place. The presence of God brings peace into people's lives. The presence of God brings breakthrough. God is going to do some amazing things in the day ahead because I believe Bethel is going to be known as a church that hosts his very presence. Hosts his presence. His power operates through his presence. So let's be a church where the presence of God resides. And may his power flow and touch the hearts of each and every person that enters, enters into this place. And then as you go throughout your week, you take that encounter you had here and you go spread it to everybody else, remembering that you host the presence of God in the same way. That he rests upon you in the same way. So take what happens here and take it to your neighbors, to your family members, to your friends, to the stranger that you bump into the store. And they can encounter God through you. Here's how I'd like to end today. I want to press into the presence some more. I want to press into the presence some more. I want to allow Tammy and the worship team to lead us in worship as we just press in again. 
Now, if you are here this morning and you need anything, you have a need in your body, sickness, pain, something going on with your emotions, your mind, financial issues, marital issues, whatever it may be, we would love to have the opportunity to just pray with you. So if I could just have everyone go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to open these altars up. If you just want to press into his presence, I just want to invite you to come. If you need special prayer for anything, if you could just meet us right here in the center, have some amazing folks here, myself, that we would love to just pray with you and pray over you. But let's just press in a little bit more. Let's just press in a little bit more. If you just want to come up here and just press into his presence, you can just come to the sides here and continue to press in. We're going to pray with some folks and let's just worship him for a little bit this morning. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.